Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We're joining you live from the studios here at St. Gabriel Radio Station. Mm. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. And as we enter into this month of September on this first Friday of the month, we begin our hour by praying the daily offering, and we invite you to join us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uniting ourselves to the Lord, uh, we have a beautiful opportunity for charity as we enter into this hour, and that's to keep in our prayers all of our brothers and sisters who are struggling to survive the hurricane that is hitting the coastal areas of our country and the people who are now uh, piecing together their lives after the hurricane hit the Bahamas. So the Lord is blessing us with many opportunities to pray and to Mm -hmm. humble ourselves. So we turn not only with an act of love towards those who are in harm's way and are grateful to have survived and those who are dealing with the wounds of such Mm -hmm. a natural disaster, but we also look into this month of September with uh, hearts that are yearning for something new, something that will complete us. And Chuck and Joanne, we were speaking before the we went live, you know. Yeah, it's almost uh, like another program. <laughs> yes, that's the uncut version. Yeah, a lot of laughter. <laughs> Definitely live. Yeah. Um, but we were looking forward and we were talking about how, you know, while we always have great joy and zeal on this program for the Lord and His Sacred Heart, and of course you, His disciples who are listening, we realized in our preparation uh there's a lot of excitement because we're heading into that season of new beginnings. Now, that's kind of odd because we're all basking in the glory of this cool weather. We can wear a sweatshirt. You oh, know. I want the I want the leaves to turn to get my fall decorations out. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to come. <laughs> so, but we were you know, talking about how a lot of our listeners, you know, uh, are converts to the Catholic faith. Yes, they are. And oftentimes they give such a beautiful example and witness of zeal for the Lord and excitement. Chuck... My eyes are turned towards yes. you. Yes, yes, Father. <laughs> yes. I'm all ears. <laughs> but we're here to encourage those of you who are discerning entrance into the Catholic faith because the programs that we call RCIA are beginning on the parish mm. level. And we know so very many of our listeners are open to the fullness of truth. They're seeking out truth. They're seeking out Jesus. And so we wish to begin this program by throwing out an invitation of welcome, of warmth, and love to those who are looking for more. They're looking for the Lord. And through this program, we invite you to consider contacting the local Catholic parish in your area uh, or maybe a place where you go to pray, uh, a church downtown where you might work or you know, in the suburbs, a place where you uh, work or you know, visit often. Contact that parish for more information on the RCIA program. Now, Father, we're so used to abbreviating And, you know, (laughs) down to the letter, what does RCIA stand for? I think I'm always on the test here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you do good. Right of Christian Initiation for Adults. Okay. And you're right. That's an awful lot to Mm -hmm. throw out there. So Mm -hmm. we have RCIA. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's an initiation process, truly. And what's beautiful is, you know, Chuck, you highlighted it perfectly. It's not a one and done, and it's not necessarily a program. Mm -hmm. It's really an introduction to a new way of life. Right. And I think, you know, I went through... 
a similar program. I'm not sure that RCIA was there back in the 70s, but when I went through to prepare uh, to come into the church, it's such a gift, but it just really opened the door. It was the opening the door of Jesus for me, and then it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like once and done. It's ongoing, and I just invite anybody else. My background was very Protestant, uh, from New England, uh, families that were connected to the Congregational Church, the Episcopal Church, and the Presbyterian Church. Sure. Whatever mm-hmm. was working, that's where we went. Yeah. But it was beautiful to grow up in that in a family uh, where we were centered on Christ and centered on the Word of Christ. But marrying Joanne and contemplating this over eight years, it finally, the door opened for me to say, Maybe this is something I should know more about. Mm, okay. And that's how I entered into yeah. the RCA program back then. Sure. And then coming into the church, receiving the graces. And I'll never forget uh, that night afterwards, I said, Joanne, you know, I've <laughs> received <laughs> communion. <laughs> I, I've been to confession. I received our Lord. I've been confirmed. Something's different. She said, duh. <laughs> Oh, the patience of a spouse. <laughs> you just went through the full works. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was three in one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it was a gift. And I think that's what has brought us to the Sacred Heart. The Sacred Heart is really entering into Jesus. Absolutely. Into his yeah. heart of love. Yep. And I know when all of us wake up in the morning, our minds are going 100 miles an hour. We're so preoccupied, but then we have to say, wait a minute, we got to put Jesus first. And I think so. It's been a journey. I just want to challenge anyone out there or invite anyone out there to certainly, if if you're listening, consider RCIA because it's going to help you better be formed. What decision are you making Absolutely. when you come into the church? To be more intentional about it. And also, it's not, I think sometimes, what are the barriers? It's not like, oh, we're signing up. Oh, I just really want to know about this faith. And there are so many misconceptions about the Catholic faith. Just come and and learn the truth about what the church really teaches. It's true. And then if the Lord is calling you, you will know that. It Mm -hmm. will not be because of any pressure or any you know, anything other than that personal call to your heart. And then, of course, it's continuing on. And that's why we're here today right. is to really share the wonderful opportunity of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart as your heart begins to be more open and begins to have the truth come in and graces to flow. You want to keep that going. Well, and I just wanted to conclude with, uh, for those that are maybe Catholic and their spouse is not Catholic, Joanne never once said to me, you need to be Catholic. Sure, yeah. It was my decision, Yeah, and she prayed for me, her parents prayed for me, but it was when I said, I think I'm ready mm-hmm. to and consider this. And answer questions, part of being formed as a Catholic, as a cradle Catholic, is continue to learn about your faith. Yeah. You've been given that gift often from infancy, 
But yes, you need to continue to grow in it and also be able to articulate it, to explain it in a way where people can understand it. Sometimes we can try to not try, but it seems, oh, it seems complicated trying to explain (laughs) to you the real present. No, it isn't complicated. Yeah. And so, you know, be ready, but not just to your spouse, be ready to anyone Mm -hmm. because the Lord will put people in front of you as he did for me this week in an exercise class. Yeah. You know, well, what church do you go to? Well, I don't go to any church. Well, what did, did you ever, you know, inquire and then invite and let the Holy Spirit work because this is the time of evangelization. It is so important. And I think you hit on something important, you know, the truth the fullness of truth that we have in the Catholic faith, it can be detailed, but it doesn't have to be confusing. Right. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I got a question on the Eucharist. I I was confronted with a question on Our Lady, and it's just so confusing. I just didn't know how to answer. And it's like, well, keep in mind, you know, truth can be detailed, but it's never confusing. And, you know, Chuck, you were particularly blessed to have Joanne because, Joanne, Mm -hmm. just in our conversations, Mm -hmm. you grew up with such a beautiful wealth Mm -hmm. of the faith. But a lot of people today, you know, um, in all the different generations, they're looking as cradle Catholics and they're like, I don't even know the basics. And so RCIA really isn't just a process today for those who are looking at learning more about the Catholic faith as someone who's discerning entering the church. But RCA can be a powerful tool of catechesis for those who are Catholic but want to learn more. I mean, I know from personal experience at Holy Family, over half of our RCIA class every year— are Catholics who either went through the process in previous years, they just want a refresher, or are, uh, you know, that term cradle Catholics who realize because of conversation with a spouse or a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law or a neighbor or a friend, they're like, I just don't know how to answer these questions. And I just realized, you know, if I don't keep up with it and keep on top of it, it starts to kind of slowly uh, wash away. And so they'll come and learn more. So really, you know, this process for uh, just learning more about the truth and the details of the truth. You know, and not being confused or confounded by it, but learning the beauty of the details of our Catholic faith and the fullness of truth. Powerful experience. And, you know, as you so appropriately and beautifully highlighted, you know, that's what we're doing here in this hour. We're here to highlight the beauty of truth found in the heart of Jesus and how the heart of Jesus is not meant just for a select few. It's not meant for the members of like the A-team club or, you know, silver elite or diamond gold or whatever. No, the heart of Jesus (laughs) is meant for everybody. You know, I mean, uh, the heart of Jesus isn't like boarding a plane and they're like, well, for those who have been chosen by the heart, you go to first class. For those who get the toe, you get economy. No, the heart of Jesus is meant for everybody. The fullness of truth is meant for every single one of our hearts. And as we look at this month of September, which is just chock full of beautiful opportunities for the growth in faith, celebration of feast days, mm-hmm. opportunities uh, with the Lord. Awesome month. It's also the beginning of an opportunity, a beginning of a new season. And mm-hmm. Chuck used two words, challenge and invitation. For those who perhaps um, have been kind of thinking or considering or looking or maybe just flat out searching for something that will give a meaning, we invite you invite you to consider the Catholic Church, and look into the Catholic sponsor. Church. Yeah. And then if you find yourself having wrestled with this for a few years now, and you know, you know you're supposed to enter the church, you know the Lord is calling you to the Eucharist. He's calling you to his mother. He's calling you to the saints. He's calling you to the sacraments and the grace. But there's that fear 
there's that fear of the unknown. Okay, for you, we're challenging you. As brothers and sisters in the Lord, we're challenging you, come deeper, come into the family. And as we're talking about family, you know, when you have a spouse that is not Catholic and one that is Catholic, you know, and if you are the spouse not Catholic, to really think about unity in your family, Mm. to really think about what it means to have two parents on the same page worshiping together, it's 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 powerful. very powerful. No, it is. And part of the barrier, Father, and um, I know for me, was really stepping over, which was a difficult decision to make because of my parents. Sure, yeah. Oh, and how point. many yeah. of us out there struggle yeah. that you're holding on because that's what you grew up with. You feel you're going to disappoint your parents. Yep. And... You're walking away from what mm-hmm. they gave you. Gave yeah. that's right from from the beginning. Yeah, from the uh, first baptism. And but what I realized is I'm not walking away from my faith. I'm actually enhancing my exactly. faith. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting the full package now, yep. and I can be a better follower of the Word, better follower of Jesus Christ. And when I go home to my parents, I can help them understand. This was not leaving what they gave me. This was just enhancing what they gave me. That's a beautiful oh, that's way to put it. That is really yeah, a good point. Yeah, because then you become a, basically a missionary to your own yeah. family. And as long as you maintain that love mm-hmm. with your family who has given you so much, a Christian mm-hmm. identity, and you maintain that love, you're actually pulling them with you into the fullness of the Lord. And remember, I mean, the Lord asks the Father for that grace that they may all be one then we may all be one. And we can't be one if we're not built around the Eucharist. And if they haven't been raised in a Christian family, what even a, a greater gift yeah. to be able to see that this is, you know, something that is true. This is transforming. Yeah. To see their own child, now an adult, transformed in his life yep. is in, in desiring that yeah. for the parents, no matter the age. It's true. And, but there's one thing that we have today, Father, that we didn't have, and that is technology, that mm. you can go online. I thought you were going to say the catechism. Well, that catechism, <laughs> and of course, Catholic radio, <laughs> Catholic radio. So we have many things now that we didn't have, and they're all for the good. And they're all for the good. You know, I mean, literally, and the thing is, you actually just highlighted it, Chuck, if you have that burning desire, but there's just that step that you're, you're not ready to make or can't make, Go online and order a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Easy to read, easy to understand. If there's a paragraph or a section that might be a bit challenging, reread it. Or, you know, take the Catechism with you and the Holy Bible. Take the two together. Go to a Catholic church. Find the seat that is most comfortable in front of the tabernacle where our Lord is there. Yeah. And break open the Word, turn to the explanation, and then look at the teacher. And, Father, talking about websites, what websites? Because there are websites out there that are i would call them tricks of you know not really the authentic faith and do you offhand i know i'm just asking you kind of off the cuff you always do this to me (laughs) (laughs) that's because you know the answer (laughs) don't do it to me father (laughs) (laughs) no that's true there's a lot of beautiful resources and then sometimes there's you know the thing is the technology can be such a grace and a Mm -hmm. gift but then on the other hand, you don't always know to what degree you can believe or accept what's what you're reading, you know? Right. But a couple of really trustworthy websites are EWTN.com, mm-hmm. 
So EWTN.com. You can always, of course, always, always, always uh, feel free to come to St. Gabriel Radio, you know, and turn to just Google search, Bing, whatever, search Great engine. Idea. Just plug in St. Gabriel Radio. And what's nice is not only are there connections to other very faithful, authentic sources of teaching, but sometimes you can always just go to the archives look at an, a topic or a show that's of interest and listen to it. So you can do a particular topic if you have a particular question. Totally. Yeah, and then oh, okay. there's Catholic Answers, and you can search these. Very good program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catholic.com. A lot of people go to that, you know. And they, then, of course, you can go to the—now, this is a bit confusing out there, but it's USCCB. Uh, that's the website for the United States Catholic Conference of Bishops. Just USCCB, um, and that'll bring that up and. Uh, you know, there's an opportunity to look at the readings for the day from the Mass, uh, to plug into different opportunities for and the church across the country. This is amazing what's out there. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm just, just <laughs> well, talking about it. I'm well, just Father, out. Father, <laughs> for those that are listening. We need the rest of the program together. I'm because I just ask you questions. <laughs> for those that are listening, this is the Sacred Heart Hour. Oh, yeah. It's not the RCIA Hour. <laughs> oh, it's all fun. <laughs> And I'd like to thank our corporate sponsor for this segment. Oh, wait, we don't have one. <laughs> I'll be the corporate sponsor. <laughs> RCIA is the corporate sponsor for this segment of the Sacred Jesus. Heart Hour. I like so. that. And if there are any questions about the Sacred Heart and um, what is the Sacred Heart, again, for those that are listening, it's a requ- the enthronement of the Sacred Heart uh, is a request directly from Jesus himself. He told St. Margaret Mary of Alaco, in 1673, that he would bless each home where an image of his sacred heart is exposed and honored. Mm -hmm. And no better way than helping all of us to grow in our faith, get to RCA, but also enthrone your home to Jesus Christ. And Father, I noticed you had an article in the Sacred Heart Newsletter for September. Oh, yes. And it kind of tied in. I was a little confused. It was the Sacred Heart and the Cross. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> and I, I think I was confused, sac- too. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the whole reason why we, we entered into that topic of the cross uh, for the Sacred Heart newsletter that's emailed out on the first Friday of the month, um, or the first of the month, and between the first and the first Friday, uh, is because in the month of September, we celebrate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross, the Finding of the Cross. And what does that mean, actually? Well, it actually goes back to the historical moment, the actual event of the Finding of the real true cross in Jerusalem. Uh, and the tradition of the church tells us that it occurred under the watchful guidance and the eagerness and zeal of Empress Helena, St. Helen, uh, the mother of Constantine. And she made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem uh, in reparation. So there's that key word again, reparation. Mm. She made a pilgrimage of reparation, uh, leaving the imperial capital and going to Jerusalem because her son Constantine had committed some very grave uh, sinful acts out of fear. He didn't want to lose the throne. And uh, so he had committed mortal sin, offended the Lord. And Empress Helena, who was already Christian, was so uh, taken aback by the evil her son had just committed that she wanted to make an act of reparation by journeying in pilgrimage it to the Holy Land. by reparation. Yeah. I did reparation, not which, know that. coming full circle, one of the greatest things we can offer the Lord's Sacred Heart on the huh. first Friday is an act of reparation. Go to mm-hmm. Mass, receive communion in a state of grace, and offer those graces up in reparation. So like as an act of sorrow, act of apology mm-hmm. for sin. So Helena, uh, the Empress, the mother of the Emperor, she went to Jerusalem 
to make an uh, basically a pilgrimage. She wanted to visit the holy sites. Mm. She wanted to walk on the dirt, the soil where Jesus walked. Mm. And while she was there, she wanted to see, touch, feel uh, the holy things, you know, where Jesus would have sat when he spoke, mm. where he would have taught. He mm. wanted to see, she wanted to see what he saw. And one of the things that she was really prompted to look for was the cross upon which he had hung. And as the tradition tells us, uh, of course, Calvary, uh, Golgotha, was located just outside of the, the walls of the ancient city of Jerusalem. And Empress Helena knew that. So she took uh, the cohort of soldiers who were there to protect her. And she went to this place and she started uncovering, you know, the mound and the hill. The problem was there wasn't just one cross. There were hundreds of crosses. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, yeah. uh, the empire crucified people every day. Mm. And they wouldn't get a fresh cross for these people. So they would just mm. mound them up once they were no longer able to be used. Well, they unsurfaced all of these uh, large fragments of crosses. And as the tradition tells us, Helena understood that the power of the wood of the cross upon which our Lord had hung surely would be able to heal. And not only our souls, but mm-hmm. also our physical infirmities. And so she brought the sick, the infirm of the city and wanted them to have the opportunity to be healed and restored. So, what, And that's, it's a beautiful experience because when we seek to make an act of reparation for the sins of ourselves or others, what happens? We're always prompted to love. We're always prompted to charity. She was filled with this burning desire to heal and to restore. So she brought the sick and the infirm to the cross of Jesus. And, of course, there were many crosses there. Not all of them were the one of the Lord, of course. But there was one which always seemed to have a healing quality and characteristic. And that was the one that not only healed the sick and the infirm, but it, it brought great peace of mind. So she brought that back to Rome along with many other sites and places and articles from Jerusalem. And at that time, the city was inhabited, the city was lived in, but it was also constantly in the mix of warfare and uh, disrepair. So she brought a lot of the things back to Rome for safekeeping, but also for public veneration of the faithful, the cross being one of them. And if you go to the church of Saint um, of Holy Jerusalem in Rome, it's very near St. John Lateran, uh, you can see a lot of the things that she brought back. Uh, one of which was the Church of the Holy Stairs, one of the staircases that our Lord would have walked up. And still to this day, people walk up on their knees in reparation for sins against the Lord. But the finding of the cross, that's what we celebrate in the month of September, the exaltation of the cross. Now, it's not just a historical moment we remember, but it's also the spiritual reality. Isn't this a, also a connection to relics in general? Absolutely, yeah. They're remnants oh. of the Lord. They're remnants of people who uh, have lived a life, not of perfection, but of holiness. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to make that distinction, not only as we consider something like RCIA or as we consider bringing the Lord's sacred mm-hmm. heart into our home. Remember, we're not striving for perfection. We're striving for holiness, We're striving to let go of our sins. If you're aiming for perfection, a lot of times we get distracted by pride. Hmm. If we're aiming for holiness, we just grow in love. Hmm. And um, Helena brought those items, those relics back to Rome. And uh, with the exaltation, the finding of the cross, it's an opportunity for each one of us to kind of enter into our hearts, uh, you know, this month and to understand the reality that the cross has to be found within our hearts as well. And so the reflection for this month in the uh, newsletter that was emailed out was how when we see the cross, it's a source of hope. You know, our Lord died on a cross 
So to save us and to bring us that openness to hope and to love uh, and to truth and beauty. So we celebrate the exaltation of the cross on September 14th. And for those of you who have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in your homes, in your lives, you'll notice that the cross is present even in that image of the heart of Jesus. The cross uh, kind of triumphs or rests upon the heart as if the heart is the throne of uh, that act of love, sacrificial love. So that's one of the reasons why the meditation was offered for this month, now, the cross Father, the heart. Now, Father, if someone's listening saying, gee, I'm not getting that newsletter, how can I get that newsletter? You can just go on to Sacred Heart. You can go on to enthronements.com. That's the best one. Go on to enthronements.com and just sign up for the newsletter. And it's a wonderful newsletter. It's going out to now over 3,000 plus. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, really? And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it goes out to all over the country. It's going to be millions. So, I should charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of this world, Oh, wait a minute. I don't need money. Out of this mind. world. <laughs> and, you know, I Hate thought it. that it's incredible when you say, Father, that the cross is on top of every church. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. on t- it's the symbol. Right. Yeah. So you're really tying that in yeah. to the heart. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful is like, you know, when churches uh, really are built with that sense of reverence mm-hmm. and that uh, admittance to the presence of God, the church building itself becomes a proclamation mm-hmm. of the gospel. You know, we pass by a church and we see the cross maybe on the doors or we see the cross on top of the steeple. And mm-hmm. seeing that cross there elevated high above the church is supposed to be a reminder to us of God's love. But also it's supposed to be a powerful reminder that the cross is the throne Jesus chose. You know, Jesus was rejected by this world. He wasn't offered a throne of gold, but he accepted a throne made of wood. And he wants that throne also to be found within our hearts. So a lot of times there's fear of the cross. And I know a lot of times people will say, well, I thought we Catholics only went for the crucifix, mm-hmm. not the cross. And it's like, well, it's, it's a both and. Mm-hmm. You know, we, if you're thinking of the Catholic Church, it's usually both and, not either or. The cross is that visible reminder of Christ's love, which brings us into the reality of how the Lord Jesus was hung on a cross. That's an important sharing for our Protestant brothers and sisters as well. Sure. That it's not either or. Right. For Catholics, it really is both and. Yeah. But and then, we need to remember what Jesus did Yeah, by looking at him on the cross as well. And then the follow-up to the cross when he was on the cross, hanging on the cross, was piercing the His heart. His heart, yeah. Oh, and that's wow. the sacred heart. Exactly. That's really the first public manifestation mm-hmm. of the heart. You know, and people will say, well, how old is this devotion? Mm-hmm. I said, well, it goes all the way back to the Incarnation, you know, when the Word took flesh among us. He, he had a heart, hmm. a heart that was beating, a heart that loved. Um, and it wasn't just the actual muscle tissue of the heart mm-hmm. and the chest. It was also the reality of his whole person. So the heart is referenced over a thousand times in sacred scripture. And, uh, you know, as soon as the Word took flesh and dwelt among us, there was a heart. The heart of Jesus was among us. And, uh, you know, we can see the heart at the Last Supper. John embraces the Lord. But really, at the crucifixion, that's where the heart of Jesus is manifested. The mm-hmm. side is lanced with that, um, well, the lance pierces the side of Jesus, and it pierces the heart. And the heart is now, what, exposed to the public. Our Lady is there, John is there, Mary Magdalene is there, the disciples and apostles are there in the big crowd. The heart is broken open, and love pours forth. The sacrifice is complete, and it took place where? On the cross. 
Well, and for those listening mm. that want to know more about this, you can certainly go on our website, sacredheartcolumbus.org. But also, we have the 8th Annual Sacred Heart Congress coming up on November 16th. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. And it's going to be at St. <laughs> Michael's Church, and we're blessed to have Bishop Brennan yes. this year. Oh, so Taking the pressure off. Baby. Taking the pressure off Father Daly. I go back to being a water boy. <laughs> Oh, no. No, you'll have your moment, Father. Oh, great. And he will celebrate Mass and obviously have a wonderful, blessed homily for all of us. Uh, Then we'll be honored again with our Father Stosh Daly with a talk and the executive director of St. Gabriel Radio. Oh, yes. Bill Messerly. Absolutely. It's going to be the best ever. It's best. We'll have (laughs) confessions. We'll be having adoration. We'll be having fellowship. And what about the MC? And the MC. Well, of course, that's your daughter, Emily <laughs> Germanette. Uh, we're being replaced this year. Happily Bob so. Father's looking to be replaced. Well, I'm up- still waiting. Is, we're, we're calling it an upgrade. Yeah, we're calling it an upgrade. Ooh, first class. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, we'll be so near forth. greeting, though. Yeah. And uh, so forth. So remember, put this on your calendar. You're going to hear more about St. Gabriel Radio. The posters are go- going up. It's only $10 uh, for individuals, $20 for families, November 16th at St. Michael's. And I know it's our eighth annual father. I, you that just, is a, you're wow. You're continuing to wear me out. Just Isn't that hey, highlighting something? these hallmarks and, you know, these mile markers. Hey, and I mean, who would have ever thought? How do you think we feel? Grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we make this announcement so father remembers it's November 16th. <laughs> He could wander away to Rome or something. I have stickers all over my calendar pointing ahead to that date. You know, September 14th. Don't do anything on November 16th. (laughs) But anyway, I know the second session, we're going to really get into some wonderful feast days coming up. We've covered the RCIA program. We've covered the just the beginning of this beautiful time in September of looking at the cross remembering his heart was pierced at the cross, that love that came out of it by opening. I love that expression, Father, you gave us. By opening his heart Mm. that allowed it to flow out to everyone. It's true. And it took place on the on the cross. So this month of September is a beautiful opportunity for us to hold on to and treasure the reality of the cross uh, and be thankful for it. You know, I mean, if you think about what's the most basic, the most basic fundamental prayer we learn and we do every day before and after we pray the sign of the cross. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, we actually trace the image of that throne upon which Jesus hung and died. We and trace that's it over also ourselves. Misunderstood. Totally. We need to yeah. recapture the why of that. And even in public, especially in public, yeah. to for Catholics to make the sign of the cross. A beautiful thing. Was, was to that teach. a sign on early Christians? It was, yes. That's what I thought, Father. Yeah, and it was, and you know, it was actually a rather disturbing sign because remember, people were dying on the cross mm-hmm. as criminals who were being crucified, and here you got these Christians running around tracing the cross over themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, keep in mind the actual the cross itself and the crucifix really didn't become popular in uh, Catholic places of worship or even Catholic homes until um, Christianity became legalized. And it's strange that Christianity becomes legalized, and then the cross and the crucifix become popular. Well, why? Well, it's because 
And about that same time, the practice of crucifying criminals became outlawed. Hmm. So the scene of the crucifixion pretty much disappeared overnight. And so you didn't really have to have a cross or crucifix hanging in your home or in your church because you would pass lived examples as you were walking Uh by the day. You would actually see people hang on the cross. And for Christians, that was a very powerful reminder Mm -hmm. that my Lord died that Mm -hmm. way. And then when that becomes forbidden as a practice of corporal punishment, immediately, literally overnight, that Mm -hmm. image, the cross, the crucifix, entered into the Christian heart and entered into Christian art. And entered into the home and in the church. Was that during Constantine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So wow. it was really like a literally an overnight practice. Mm-hmm. It went from being a, a lived experience on the roadside, the highways and byways, mm-hmm. outside the cities. So you had that lived experience of a powerful and painful reminder of how Jesus died out of love for us. And then as that stopped, it immediately went into the form of art in our earliest basilicas and even our homes. And you see it as graffiti in the catacombs of Rome, mm. you know, and you can see the tombs where the martyrs are buried. They would mm. trace the cross over them. And it was a powerful reminder that it is through the Lord that we are united to his love and his heart, that pierced heart, you know, and so much to be grateful for, even in artwork, you know, and once again, that's one of the reasons people say, well, I love the heart of Jesus, but why do I have to have the heart exposed in my home? It's because, well, because we're, we're people. We see things and we think about what we see. And so we want that heart to be visible, the heart of Jesus visible in our home so that we can think about the heart. And when we take time, and I really appreciate you explaining this because it makes us appreciate it even more. Mm, an opportunity to grow. So... As we bring this first segment of this hour <laughs> dedicated tuned. to the Sacred Heart to a close, we invite you to join us in offering up our prayers and intentions to the heart of Jesus. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you, Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 In the Chronicles of Narnia, Mr. Beaver describes Aslan in these words. Aslan is the great lion. Oh, says Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he safe? I'd be nervous meeting a lion. Safe, says Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. We like to tame Jesus with images that make him so mild, he's almost boring. Maybe we do that because we prefer a God who doesn't actually challenge us. But Jesus walked on water, appeared before his apostles in dazzling light. He told dead people to get up, and they got up. He's mighty. When you pray, don't hold back. Got dreams? Ask big. Angry? Yell to God. Got doubts? Tell him. Feel like a mess? Surrender your life to God. He can take it. He's bigger than you. He's the king, I tell you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. 
Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On this first Friday of the month of September, we are participating in the first Friday hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is once again Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios here by Chuck and oh, Joanne Wilson. We <laughs> are live. Unfiltered. <laughs> as best as possible, right? <laughs> so as we enter into this second segment, we invite you to join us in prayer and to consider how the Lord desires to work within our hearts this day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Clothe us, Lord God, with the virtues of the heart of your Son, and set us aflame with his love, that conformed to his image, we may merit a share in eternal redemption. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you might have just recognized that prayer. It comes from the Mass, the votive Mass of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which in many parishes is being offered today. And if you have a point in your day today to uh, honor the Sacred Heart and make uh, attendance of Holy Mass today a part of your schedule, or if you have the regular practice of going to daily Mass, you're going anyway, we invite you to consider offering up the graces of your Holy Communion today in Mass uh, in a spirit of reparation for sins committed against the Sacred Heart. The Lord invites us, He begs us really, to make it a point to go to Holy Mass on the first Friday of the month. Of course, He makes a promise to those who make the nine first Fridays, uh, but really every first Friday becomes a kind of like a hallmark at the beginning of the month, an opportunity to just restore ourselves in that presence of the Lord, kind of make him the focus of the day, if not even the whole month, and to just kind of bask in the glory of his love for us. And um, then the first Saturdays, just yeah. so Oftentimes the very next flow. day. Yeah. yeah. And then the first Saturday provides us an opportunity to attend Mass with a spirit of reparation, once again, for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And that's where you find that beautiful connection between the Sacred Heart and Fatima. Our Lady's apparition in Fatima's. It was Our Lady's apparition in Portugal where she revealed that her Lord, des- or her Lord, our Lord, her Son Jesus, desired that we make this special effort to make an act of reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, His Mother. Now, Father, that leads us into the most holy name of Mary is coming up. That's true. But what happens on September eighth? To September 12th. Right. So this month, of course, is filled with beautiful feast days and opportunities for prayer and devotion. So the September 8th is uh, the feast day of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now this year, this September, uh, the 8th falls on a Sunday. So the celebration of the Lord's resurrection uh, triumphs over the remembrance of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But on the 8th of September, we celebrate the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the birth the birth of Mary. Um, It's important to note that we only celebrate three births in the life of the church, three Hmm. nativities. Now, Joanne and Chuck, you guys are used to throwing questions at me. (laughs) 
and putting me on the hot seat. I would like to know from you. What are the three nativities that we celebrate in the Catholic Church? John the Baptist. Darn, that's the hard one. Okay. Yes. Mary, and of course our Lord. Oh, fine, you pass. Okay. You didn't, even have to, you didn't even have any anxiety over that. You're throwing out questions at me all the time, and I start sweating, and I'm not even on the treadmill. Oh, Father, <laughs> so, you're up to the challenge. So the nativity that we celebrate this month on the 8th is one of the three nativities that we celebrate in the life of the church on a yearly basis. So you're right. The nativity of John the Baptist, of course, the nativity of the Blessed Virgin, September 8th, and then the powerful nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another question. Why? Do we celebrate the nativity of John the Baptist? Silence. <laughs> so, that's a horrible thing on a live program. <laughs> well, I'd say he led the way. That's Yep, exactly. And he was the last of the prophets. Mm-hmm. And What happened when he was in the womb? Oh. What happened when he was in the womb that cleansed him of sin? So that while he was conceived in sin, he was born without sin. Oh, baptism? Yes, but yes. what happened in the womb? How was he baptized in the womb? What did he do to show the presence of Jesus? He leapt. He leapt. He moved. He, he that baby boy jumped, you uh, know. And Elizabeth took note of it. So the church fathers highlight that oh. John the Baptist was cleansed of original sin in the womb. He was baptized of sin in the womb by what? By responding to the presence of another unborn child that was communicated by the voice of his mother. Elizabeth said, "When the voice, when your voice reached the ears." Of me, my child heard what? The presence of your son. John the Baptist responded to the presence of another unborn baby through the communication of the voice of Mary. So the church fathers teach us that John the Baptist, while conceived with original sin, was born without it. What so we have these three nativities for the dignity of life today, and the un- yeah, and the protection of the unborn. Absolutely. The unborn. If an unborn child can respond to the presence of God and respond to yeah. the presence of another by hearing the voice. You know, we all have a beautiful obligation and a holy responsibility, a profound duty to respond to the need to protect the unborn. Because they really are, they really are those who sing first, the unborn. And you know, as we are entering into a time of decision of our nation, that is the issue, Father. That is the issue, life. Mm -hmm. And responding to the the Lord. Yeah. And part of really having our hearts open is to bring Jesus into our homes. Yes. Yeah. So he can open our heart, which gets to life. us to life, yeah. which gets us back to the sacraments. Yep. Gets new us life. A new life. And so if you are listening, and at 614-459-4820, call in if you're interested in having more information on the enthronement of the Sacred Heart or having your home enthroned, and recognizing, as Father said, September is a beautiful month. And you're going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, I would say most of our listeners have Mm. a lot of anxiety, Father. Sure. A lot of demands. Yeah. And I remember going to confession this week, and the words that came out is, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. And I think we have to walk away from those anxieties Always by putting Jesus first. First. Yeah. Totally. So this is a great month to have your home and throne. And, and fi- you know, Chuck, all the effort this month 
was you talk about the anxieties and what is creating those anxieties. A lot of it is sports-related, school-related, mm. work-related, and the effort that parents put in yeah. and that uh, spouses put in. But think about putting a little effort into preparing your home yep. to receive Jesus through the Sacred yeah. Heart enthronement. Do you remember, um, of course, a fond memory, Mother Angelica? Oh, Do you remember yeah. she would always say, "Well, you know, put our little don- put our little donation uh, line in between. You know, was it the gas and electric? You know, put a yes. little donation form in there. Yes. Uh, put a donation form in between the gas and electric. And uh, you know, someone was asking me, like, Father, I just get so distracted by all of the bills that I have mm. to pay. They're always sitting on the desk, and I sit down, mm-hmm. and of course, I'm on a budget, and I write them out, and I just find myself being overwhelmed with distraction by my bills. So I told him, I said, Well, what's your favorite prayer? And it was the memorari. And I said, do you have a holy card with memorari? Yeah. I said, okay, get it three or four holy cards and just randomly sprinkle them within that stack of bills. Hmm. So that as you're paying them, you randomly come come across the holy card. And every time that holy card surfaces, say the prayer. And then just put it at the bottom of the pack. You know, as you, so as you're paying your bills throughout the different days of the month, so you're staying on track, periodically that prayer resurfaces. And just use it as an opportunity in God's providence to what? Once again, make the Lord the center of your life as he always was the center Refocus. for his mother. Refocus. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a side note, you know, um, I was actually visiting the Sisters of St. Dominic yesterday, Sister Leonarda and Sister Paulina. I was dropping off a statue of St. Anthony for them. We were talking about First Friday today, and I said, oh, I've got to go. I've got to be on the air tomorrow. And this Sister Leonarda goes, well, I, actually, I listened to the program. And I started laughing. I was like, Why? She's like, it's just so real. And I said, you know, I just tell myself that no one actually listens. That way I have fun, you know? <laughs> and she's like, no, a lot of people listen. And I said, well, here's the thing. You know, a shout out to, of course, Sister Leonor and Sister Paulina. Uh, but this whole hour is real because it's built upon Jesus. And absolutely. there's absolutely nothing, nothing fake or contrived about this program. Or often it's... prepared. <laughs> so, no, totally no, dependent. Wait a minute. There Chuck was, keeps this on track. There was some hard work in preparing this program, so. Father. And then the Holy Spirit gave us yeah, another option. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I like the way you're going. But Sister Leonardo was like, well, it sounds like... Um, Joanne and Father Stosh are the kids wandering off into the playground. <laughs> and Chuck is the teacher who comes out and rings the bell. is like, okay, why are we actually here? Why, <laughs> why are we actually here? But, you know, the, the reality of the, the truth, the truth and the reality of this program is we are here solely for the, pu- the purpose and uh, the goal of making the Lord's Sacred Heart known by every single person. And those who happen to be channel surfing and come across St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is for you. And if you're sitting at the desk working, like Sister Leonardo, listening on the program, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is for you. No and one is beyond his love. This is good news. This is I good. I hope so, because we laugh a lot. It's really good news. <laughs> but the good news is your home can be a home of peace. Your home can be a home without all the stress. You know, Jesus wants to be the king of your home. He wants to be the friend, the brother. He wants your home to be another Bethany, where not only can he be welcomed, but your family can be welcomed Mm -hmm. and can have some refreshment and renewal and love. And there is a way, and that's why we're here. And we're here because we also, what keeps us going is so many others who have received that. And, and we want to pass it on. 
And Father, I know you have this expression, if you want a home in his heart, bring his heart into your home. Help people understand what's it mean by bringing his heart into the home. Well, that that simple line, that very simple line, was actually given to us by the Holy Spirit. We were in you know eight years ago when we were first starting. I think we should needlepoint it. <laughs> that sounds painful, um, you know, <laughs> but beautiful. Um, but it, the reality is, you know, we enter into our homes, and the home is supposed to be a place of peace. The home yeah. is supposed to be a place of rest. The home is supposed to be a place of comfort. But the home is supposed to be a place of our humanity, where we can actually be ourselves. And yet, oftentimes, we go into our homes, and it's another place of stress. It's a place of anxiety. It's a place of fear. It's a place of argument. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like we're dictated more by what's on the calendar Mm -hmm. than by what's in the heart. And so we have this opportunity to bring the heart of Jesus, the same heart of Jesus that we adore in the Holy Eucharist, the same heart of Jesus we receive in Holy Communion. We have an opportunity to bring the heart of Jesus into our homes and to make the heart of Jesus the center of our homes. You know, if you ask somebody, well, what do you want in life? What, I mean, what do you really want? A lot of people will say, I, just, I want peace. Well, what do you want for eternity? Well, I want peace. I want, I want the Lord. Okay, well, if you want to have a home for eternity in the Lord's heart, then right now, today, mm-hmm. in this month, uh, in this lifetime, bring his heart into your home so that there's a unity there and that there's a relationship there and there's a knowledge and love. You know, the 12 promises of our Lord to those who venerate his sacred heart. Number two, Father, is I will give peace in their families. And I always say to people, why not do that? Don't you want peace? Exactly. Yeah. Why, who, who why has too much peace? Why would you not do this? <laughs> exactly. And Chuck, you're so good being the engineer that you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing with us, what is the process what for is the, the process? enthronement? Very easy. All you have to do is be willing to say yes, and then contact sacredheartenthronement.org or sacredheartcolumbus.org, thronements.com, or call on the St. Gabriel Radio, say, I'm interested. A missionary will contact you. It's a missionary team. will contact you, set up a date, and we're going to ask for two dates. The first one is going to be for the preparation phase. Mm-hmm. And you know, everything in life, Father, you need to prepare for. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't just get to a baseball game and a player and say, well, now I'm going to play baseball. Yeah, I'm going to be you, starter. <laughs> you prepared yeah. your whole life yes, to be on true. that field. Yep. And for those Buckeye fans, they are doing right now preparation phase this whole week yes. for one game. We're asking you to do preparation for one week to yeah. enthrone your home. So the family has prayed together, the family has prayed the rosary or decorative together, and then we come out the second time and we witness your enthronement. And then what we ask you to do is what Jesus is asking. You've exposed him, you've enthroned him, now honor Honor him. him. And we bring all the supplies. Everything that's needed. Everything. Everything that's needed, we provide. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Even and the words to the prayers. Everything. Exactly. We have everything Rosaries. written out. Yep. And if you haven't prayed a rosary, it's all in the manual. It's, yeah. all, it's all in the booklet. Out. Written out. And we go right by it so everybody can feel comfortable. And it isn't just for families, Chuck, is it? No, no. Individuals. It's all for our household. Joanne is now asking questions. <laughs> 
I have passed the baton. Because you do have the answer. <laughs> but no, individuals, families. And I think one thing, Father, you mentioned in the beginning. This is for everybody, no matter what state of life it's you true. are in. And Every college students. Yep. College students, put it in your room mm-hmm. and throw in your yeah. room. Um, I know we're working about the school program yep. here in the yeah. diocese. I know that parishes are looking to see how they could have parish missions. Yep. This is all about the king of kings, yeah. to get him enthroned. And the thing I liked about it, Father, was it took the pressure off of me. I'm no longer... <laughs> The king of the family. You're not That's the true. head. Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head. Oh, yeah. Joanne, your smile literally goes from ear to ear. But Father, Father, His Joanne smile too. is still the neck. Yeah, I like that roll. Turns the head. And the only price, the only cost is your yes. 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 There's no charge. There's no. an opportunity to participate in the ministry by kind of paying it forward yes. if you yeah. wish. Donation. But there's no charge. You know, There's no charge. The only cost, the only price is your yes. That's it. And then everything Just else is taken care of. open the door. Of. Yep. And, you know, I go back to, you know, when the angel of death was coming. Mm, yep. And um, our, our God said, put that blood of the lamb over the lintel of yep. your home. Yeah. I think all of you out there today, where would you be? Would you want to put that blood over your lintel yeah. or say, no, that death is not coming? I don't like the way that would look on my house, no. you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's what our yeah. Lord asked. And yeah. our Lord asked the same thing about the sacred heart. Yeah. I want my heart to be enthroned in your home. Yeah. And Notice on. how he doesn't say, he doesn't ask of us today, put the blood of the lamb on your door. He said, put the heart of the lamb in your home. Mm. Wow. The lamb that is offered, the Paschal lamb, Jesus, our mm. Lord. He wants his heart in your home so that you will know who he is, mm. know where you can find him, know how much mm. he loves you, and always have a clear path towards salvation. That's what the heart of Christ mm. does for us. He lays out the, the path. And this heart, which came to St. Margaret Mary in 16... 16- 73. Isn't it, Father, so relevant today? It's not like it was once good back then, but, oh, that's an old tradition. My grandparents or my great-parents, great-grandparents had that. But we don't need that. And we do bring in those images. And if they have an image from their grandparents, that's great, too. But we still leave the new ones framed in... um, Every home, we do leave yeah. the ones, beautiful ones, that we bring. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we have a feast day coming up, Father, St. Padre Pio, on September 23rd. And he says, as a quote, unite your heart with the heart of Jesus yeah. and be simple-hearted as he desires. Yeah. Now, to my left, I have a secular Franciscan. who was razzing us because the Franciscans didn't make their way into the first segment. Well, now the heavy hitter showed up in the last few moments, you know. But I want to go back to something, you know, you highlight it. We hear this a lot. A lot of people say, oh, my parents had this sacred heart in their home. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it was or my grandparents or my great-grandparents. And I'm not really sure if I I want to do that. It doesn't really fit with my decor. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. really my spirituality. I don't know if it's what I need. And it's like, no, wait a minute. Um, what was it you saw in your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents in their life, in their marriage? Of course, Mm. it was probably a tough way to live. There were struggles. Maybe there was poverty. But you know what? Oftentimes when we look back at our parents, our grandparents and great-grandparents, we don't see perfection. Mm. But a lot of times we see joy. Mm. We see peace. 
These were people who worked very hard, and they had the heart of Jesus at the center of their homes. You know, I think of like, I was enthroning the Lord's Sacred Heart, or witnessing the enthroning in the home of somebody whose uh, grandparents were in Ireland Hmm. during the Great Famine. Hmm. And they said they had nothing. The only possession they had in their home Hmm. was a table and a picture. Hmm. And I was like, well, oh, what was the picture of? The Sacred Heart. That's all they owned, a table and a picture. And when they left and came here, they couldn't bring the table, but they made sure they brought the picture. Oh, and it, it's really incredible. You don't have to go very far back into our family trees to understand and appreciate the presence of Jesus and how he was there. And a lot of times, you know, we distance ourselves in time from our family roots, but we shouldn't distance ourselves from the faith of our family. And we need those holy reminders. Absolutely. The heart of Jesus. You know, and the... Um, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, he had a beautiful quote, and he was really inviting. He goes, I invite everyone to renew their devotion to the Sacred Heart of Christ because he understood how important the Sacred Heart of Jesus was to having peace in one's life. You know, so it's so hard to believe that this Sacred Heart Hour oh, has already this, come. This to one a close. really has. We only by. have a couple of minutes, but we would like to renew and recap. If you've been participating in our hour or joining us in this hour, or maybe you're going to listen to it later on in archives, you know, please know we are inviting and challenging you to grow deeper in your faith. If you are already a Catholic, open your heart and open your mind and open your home to the heart of Jesus. If you are Christian, but don't share the fullness of the faith with us Catholics, you know, consider discern, you know, think about, pray about entering the Catholic faith. We want you not only as a brother and sister in baptism, but we want you as a brother and sister who's able to receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. We want you as a brother and sister who's able to really cry out to Our Lady as the Mother. Fullness. The fullness of the faith, the fullness of truth. And for those of you who might be suffering under the great burden or pressure of anxiety or fear, you know, we're offering you peace, peace that only the Lord can give. And he desires to give to those who bring his heart into their home. And we have that beautiful quote, of course, given to us by the Holy Spirit. You know, if you want a home in his heart, then bring his heart into your home. Mm. This month of the cross, this month of the exaltation of the cross, this month of the sorrowful mother at the foot of the cross, we are at the throne of God. The cross and the heart is there. I was thinking, Father, for our listeners out there, You need to go to the heart every day. You just can't say, well, I've done it on Monday. I'll wait until next Monday. Jesus wants us to come every day to his heart, to transplant our hearts with his heart. And I know, Father, you're going to close us in prayer, but pass on that invitation, whether you've been enthroned to someone else, to make sure our goal is to have every home, every home in the diocese and thrown to our King, brother, and friend, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus. Amen. We invite you to join us in our closing Mm -hmm. prayer of this Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee forever. 
Amen. 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 God bless you. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.